You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. I'm a doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, and the Fleet Admiral, Ben Knight. Ben! Hello, hello, hello. Yes, uh, all, the, all the gratuities uh, are yours. Um, I don't think that means what I meant to say. Uh, but uh, you get the point. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've had a chance to talk about Trek. Uh, they have been on a break since the end of 2021, but it is the uh, the month of February, and they have returned uh, to deliver us the second half of season four of Star Trek Discovery, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, uh, my fleet admiral, because we're also getting season two of Picard. That's up next, and then after that mm. is the first season of Strange New Worlds. So Exciting, isn't it? It, it kind of is. It kind of really is, except if you're talking about episodes eight and nine of Star Trek Discovery (laughs) season four, and then which case is a little less exciting. Um, The first half, uh, the first seven episodes were in fact, uh, they, there is an arc to everything, right? There's a story thread moving throughout, but they did a pretty good job of, weaving sort of in and out of those things and having episodes that kind of didn't really have anything to do with it, um, Mm. which is when the show is at its best, I think. Uh, But as we last left uh, our intrepid crew, uh, the scientist Tarka and uh, Booker um, had escaped. So Starfleet uh, had opted to, uh, they elected to make first contact with species 10C, who is who's put this uh, this DMA out here into the universe, mm-hmm. um, and Booker and Tarka are like, no, we gotta blow it up before it does any more damage. And I did not realize how I have no idea how much episode 10 because uh, it's out as we record this because we're a little late on things. I have no idea how much episode 10 revolves around Book and Tarka, but I did not expect episodes 8 and 9 to essentially completely revolve around them. And this it, is the... It may be a theme that continues. This is the portion of the story that I'm like, we need one episode to wrap this up. Like, mm-hmm. to me, the interesting thing is the exploration. We're talking about the galactic barrier. We're talking about this species that you know we'll get to it what they use the singularity for or whatever uh or the black hole or whatever it is um but like this is a far more interesting 
and engaging Star Trek-y thing for me than will they get to to Tarka and book on time and you know like they really stretch it out to a point where I'm like yeah I, I can't can't they just photon torpedo the fuck out of this ship and like can we move on please like I know we're supposed to like book but you know like let, let's just can we go please um but anyway we'll talk about it let's start with episode eight shall we all in mm. So Tarka needs Isolinium to complete his weapon to blow up the DMA, and Burnham knows which black market dealer Book will try to get it from, which is handy. Uh, it is a useful piece of information, isn't it? Yeah, Rillick refuses to let her go after him, and Admiral Vance publicly agrees, but secretly gives Burnham different orders. Gather data on Tenzi's coordinates, but at the same time, try to get the Isolinium before Book and Tarka do. The latter pair arrive at a casino on a planet called Parathia and meet with Haz? 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 Mazaro? Haz Mazaro. Who agrees to sell them the Isolinium if Book helps find a cheater in the casino. As you do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Burnham and operations officer Joanne. Oh my God. How do we pronounce Joanne's last name? Uh, Um, Oh, yeah. I call her OO too, but um, Uh, I think her last name is OO Seekun. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with OO. So I don't uh, continue to further butcher Joanne's name, Uh, but they arrive soon. And after, uh, by charts from Mazzaro that map 10 C's coordinates. They're unable to outbid book and Tarka for the Isolinium. So OO fights in a ring to earn them more money as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they approach Mazzaro with the money just as book captures the cheater and the dealer decides to settle this draw with a card game as you do. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Book wins the game and claims the Isolinium, but not before Burnham plants a tracker on it. The chart reveals a large artificial structure beyond the galactic barrier, and the data suggests that it is powered by rare boronite that the DMA mm-hmm. mines from planets. So, like, that's the thing, right? The DMA is just 10 C's mining equipment. Uh, which is a really cool revelation if we weren't busy, if we weren't busy fighting dudes in rings and finding casino cheaters and, uh, playing card games, uh, like, uh, oh no, we can't find Isolinium. I guess we can't blow it up and you're busted and arrested. Let's go look for the really cool and interesting new alien thing and do some exploring, please. Uh, I Ben, I'm starting to sound like those people who miss the the mm-hmm. olden days of track. I miss the old, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, do you remember when? <laughs> do you remember when we were? Do you remember when we were all about exploring, Ben? Um, nice. They are making that complaint all the way back in Insurrection. Uh, <sighs> but I'll tell you what, um, it's it's not like there's been plenty of discovery where. Um, they haven't been doing exploration and they've been hyper-focused on whatever arc they're doing. It's just that I don't feel there's enough meat on the bone here uh, for them to to drag it out as long as they do, I guess. I don't know. What were your thoughts? Well, sort of similar. Um, 
the thing I got from this episode is it felt like the entire storyline of the episode had been written as if it were one of the episodes of Star Trek Online. Mm-hmm. It felt like a thing you're playing through. So yes. picture the scene in that sort of game, you know. Um, you get your incoming hail and you receive the message that you've got to go to, well, you know, bar that looks like it might not have been entirely... Um, not at home in Star Wars, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, and then uh, they they will sell you some, and you get there, and they go, "Yes, I will do that." But you must help me find cheaters in my casino first. <sighs> Fine, go around questioning the things. Come back to him. Did you find the cheat? I mean, literally, it it had all of that to it. Then there's a little fighting round, perhaps in the ring, and that's very good. Then mm-hmm. there's a poker game, but I mean, uh, I, I I liked the the glimpse into that other part of the world because Star Trek sure. occasionally does sort of almost pretend that nothing exists outside the Federation at times no um, absolutely so, I agree yeah and, and again yeah and take it as read unless I say otherwise I think that you know visually uh, we're still producing some tip top episodes visually um, the the stuff with book is I don't know why but it's just getting on my nerves a bit because I do quite like him as an actor and I know quite a lot of very uh, committed Star Trek fans who absolutely hate him as an actor and I'm not sure whether it's just the material he's working with or not but you know whatever your view of him is he's another one of these characters who like they're creating a lot of work for him in a situation where you think do you know what can we it's the same with Burnham to be fair can we not spread some of this around so this is an episode where they tried to get Oo's character kind of more involved and we we heard a bit more yes. about what was going through her mind which this is a good I, thing I was, yeah but then it was it felt a little bit wasted basically just to stick her in a boxing ring mm-hmm. because yeah we got snippets of her motivation that was about it yeah. um we know she's a was, badass but you know we knew that yeah before. but we kind of knew that yeah. Yeah, yeah um and a lot of the dialogue that takes place to sort of tell us things about people only ever seems to happen between the uh, the, the 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 same group of people so in this episode um i think it was this one where you have the conversation between uh Culber and um uh, and stamet i went when Culber's having his little breakdown um i mean i don't understand the point of the scene because mm-hmm. he, he, um Culber's, uh, sort of it was obvious that Colbert was having a bit of a breakdown and the conversation with Stamets didn't really alter the audience's perception of it. It just kind of went, oh, in case you didn't notice from the obviousness that was in the first part of the scene, he's just going to spell it out for you using uh, Stamets. I, I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't understand why Michael's sudden interest in O.O.'s mental state was um, dealt with then in, in literally one scene. And that was a far more interesting um, sort of thing to deal with f- for me. Um, I, I, d- I, don't, I didn't feel that their interaction, because it's such a rare thing to see, I didn't feel like that conversation felt like a normal conversation. Obviously, you know, in TV drama, not everything that occurs is supposed to have happened on screen. You're supposed to read in that there's been things that have happened in the meantime, whatever. But like going from a cold start of, I've only ever heard her give you orders... Um, through to oh let's talk about your health how are you mm-hmm. um, it just seems like an odd reach uh, and I, I keep trying to figure out why it is that a show that 
has the potential this has and has made some of the massive advances that it's made because I you know I I'm still a fan of discovery um I can't figure out why why its balance is so weird like in the same way that I don't understand why um Jet Reno was introduced to the show and then kept in this show because I don't know if it's down to you know expenses and shooting schedules or whatever or or what but her absence and the fact that she's invisible seemingly to the other characters uh, which does make me wonder if maybe we're all imagining her um mm-hmm. it, it it seems irrational we've got a bridge crew where um the only tiny snippets we get of information about them are often not very endearing i have to say but also don't play into the rest of the plot um and it, to be honest, you kind of forget from one scene with them to the next where you learn something about them because there's such a huge gap between them. Um, so this episode had had a lot of interesting things in it. We learned stuff and looked at stuff. Um, <laughs> yep. But it didn't feel it didn't feel entirely necessary because you know, yes, obviously they had an obstacle to overcome in order to. Um, be able to take the next step of you know saving the galaxy and so on, uh, which is all very nice. But um, I, I don't know. It just it just it felt like I think well as you were saying I think it, like it, it felt an inefficient use of time for a show that's got uh, what thirteen episodes I think in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I if if we were spending that time getting to know stuff about other characters or. Or someone sort of padding the universe out a bit in a, a slightly more relevant way, something that you know would be of use in future episodes. I think I would I'd be here for it. Yeah. As it was, I think a it, it was a perfectly adequate episode. But my frustration is if we're talking big arc, which is what we are talking now. By the time we hit season four, mm-hmm. iteration three of Discovery. <laughs> yes. Um, but now we're doing that. Well, let's fucking do it and and have an arc that is worthy of, you know, thirteen, fourteen episodes, and try and involve more characters than just the four you like writing for, um, actually, with some part. I know it sounds weird that I'm criticising that in an episode where Oo is is you know is a principal character, but think about what we actually really took away from our our time with her as a character. For me, it was very little. Um, and that feels like a, a missed opportunity. Um, in terms of where it sits in the the storyline and and so on, um, it's hard to say really that it told us a great deal more, isn't it? Because we've got a DMA, we know about the existence, at least in theory, of species Ten C. Um, we know broadly speaking what we're dealing with in terms of we find out that it's a mining tool. Um, all right, well, so that's a nice setup for how do we approach this. Uh, we, well, we obviously are going to find out immediately after that, aren't we? Um, I, uh, the, the 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 sort of ever presence of Vance and Rillac, who um, seemingly only care what happens on Discovery, not any of the other ships. Well, the other ships don't go anywhere uh, yet. We've not seen any other ships going anywhere and doing anything as yet. Uh, everything is down to Discovery and um, Bookship, and that can't just be because of Dilithium, surely. Uh, it, 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 I liked looking at the things would be I guess my strapline for this episode <laughs> um, and I liked it a lot it, it's enough to salvage it from um, the sub 3 score for me 
but yeah um it doesn't i'm afraid it doesn't get it above it either i think this is for me a three yeah because i like to look at things mm-hmm. i mean i think some of it looked great some of it mm. didn't quite look as good as usual mm-hmm. although i felt like there was some of that in the next episode uh as well ah yes it was yeah and i'm wondering if maybe there's like a bit of a squeeze on or maybe some of it is obviously having to do make a tv show in like under weird circumstances but Mm -hmm. um or not quite normal circumstances but maybe also a monetary squeeze uh in places spreading themselves thinly aren't they at the moment they sure are a lot of star trek properties out there um and uh yeah for me for me, it did enough damage. Like I thought about maybe giving this a two and a half, but then my brain kicked in. It's like, you know what? That's, that's a spiteful two and a half. Like it's, it's not two and a half. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. It's like two and three quarters. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I couldn't give it a three, uh, just like by the time the episode ended and I realized, like we're really no closer to anything other than like the big realization, but it feels like, uh, it feels like whatever this 10 C thing they're doing is, uh, you know, it feels like they're, they're teasing and teasing, but they don't have anything good to tease with. Well, exactly. This was the episode I had to watch twice. I think I mentioned it because I, I watched it the first time. And I, I had a I had a drink during it actually, mm. and by the time I got to the end of it, I just thought, is it because I've had a drink whilst watching this and I was a bit tired that I have literally no idea what we've really learned from this, or is it that there was nothing to learn? And it turned out mm, it was kind of the second one. Yeah, indeed. Um, okay, so let's go from there uh, to talking about. Uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 4, Episode 9, called Rubicon. So, former Discovery security officer Nan is assigned to supervise the ship as it follows Burnham's tracking device to ensure that Burnham does not allow her personal feelings for Book to get in the way of stopping he and uh, Tarka. They jump to a position near Book's ship, where Book and Tarka complete the weapon. Saru leads a cloaked shuttle to sneak aboard Book's ship and disable it, but is attacked by a new automated security system that Tarka installed because he can invent anything Mm -hmm. out of anything. Um, Book helps Saru and the shuttle's crew escape back to the Discovery because Book is still a nice guy and then finds the uh, the tracker and disables it. He jumps into the DMA and Discovery follows. Nan prepares to order that book ship be destroyed before it can attack the controller at the center of the DMA. Both ships find it and there is a standoff, uh, at which time Burnham is able to convince both Nan and Book to stand down. Tarka, mm-hmm. though, goes behind Book's back and fires the weapon at the controller, destroying it and the DMA. But it he does not find the power source that he expected to be there. Book and Tarka escape and the new DMA and a new DMA appears in a different location soon after effectively not stopping them at all. Um, So what did you think of episode nine? (laughs) 
Wow, I don't know about you, but I was astonished that the man that they introduced as a panto villain at the start of uh, his uh, his part of the story yes. turned out to be a double-crossing panto villain. No, what are their odds? I was shook eth, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously not. Uh, this, it, it, it's the same problem, isn't it? it? It's the fact that we're all wanting to get to and learn about and start getting to know mm-hmm. Tensei. Yes. And what we're really doing is seeing the same small group of characters interacting in the way that they've largely interacted since their addition to the show. Yes. Um, doing things that ultimately have a wholly predictable outcome and doing so in this episode's case in a way that didn't even look pretty enough to be distracting. Mm-hmm. Um I I see Nan's back. I can't remember. I know at the time that she left, we did look it up, and I think there was a reason why she was leaving temporarily. But if there wasn't, and I'm confusing with someone else, I could have swore it was to stay with her people. That they oh no found. no, no I, I mean the actress. Sorry. Oh 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 right right right. Um, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head, but the agreed. All right, fine. So she's back. If that if there wasn't a reason for it, it was literally just a decision based on the show. I don't understand why she's back. Um, she's an odd plot device that isn't really necessary. Um, we've got Saru uh, uh, and Tarina's uh, relationship, which is cute, but even that's feeling painful. Um, just because, you know, I, I don't believe either of them uh, as characters would be quite so weirded out by, you know, the human emotion you call love. Um, <laughs> just seems a bit strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's really frustrating because you know here we are from a time of recording. There are three more episodes of this I haven't seen of the scene. Yes, and I'm like I would want to know a lot about a new big bad in the Trek universe. Mm-hmm. If um, frankly, if I'm going to be interested in them going forward. And, you know, this is a show that needs to keep people's interest because yeah. it's kind of fucked with us for a while. So it, there's a lot of goodwill being a, a little bit squandered, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I guess the positives f- from this, I mean, again, we get to see a little bit more bridge crew, I suppose, although it just turned out that yeah. one of the bridge crew is a bit of a... Um, a bit of a hawkish, slightly racist fella, it turned out. Didn't mm-hmm. see that coming. Um, weird to make him such a pleasant character in the background a lot of the time, and he's always quite smiley and sort of vaguely funny every now and again, and then it turns out when he actually gets a bit of um, dialogue where we learn something about him, it turns out he's perhaps a little bit at least xenophobic. Um, so that was fun. Uh, the, the, the Tarka thing... Uh, I I also find I find it weird for this reason. I know the book is you know acting largely out of a uh, effectively a complex grief reaction. Okay, so he's sure. angry at at uh, the the source of the um, the cause uh, of his yeah. pain. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know that I suppose grief can cause people to behave strangely. Absolutely, but this this is a man who spent, as far as we can tell, his entire adult life. Um, as a grifter. Yes. And yeah, he's a Han Solo type. Yeah. And yet he doesn't see through 
Tarka, who frankly not at might all. as well. Every time he walks into a room, there might as well be a sort of dun, 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 type, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> yes, um, I can't yes. remember what the cliched bit of music is. Then that was weird. Uh, but you know, it, it that that beggars belief to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the the more interesting parts of this episode were the sort of conceptual parts that were sort of being flagged up as well, we know enough about the writers of this to know they signpost to buggery in this show. So when you know, we're sort of contemplating the the, the discovery from the previous episode that um, or the sort of concept from the previous episode that, well, this is their mining drill bit. Fuck, can yeah. you imagine what their weapons must be like? Right. That is an interesting point. Very interesting. Um, you know, there's it's a little bit glacial and do you know what I find really weird about that hmm. is that Discovery a number of times when it's had a gear shift um, or, or rather a sort of I guess part of its reboot one of the things we've praised on this show is the fact that they don't hang about they get on with it and and move stuff forward this feels like um, there are well no spoilers but at, at least two episodes where Yes. Not a lot fucking happens. No, um, not really. And we don't really learn much. And the bits that we do learn could have been learned rather quicker. And I, 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 I don't get it. I find it frustrating. If we're going to have an episode that's this goddamn slow, or two episodes that are this goddamn slow, then rather than having yet another conversation between two characters who are constantly talking to each other and whether, you know, constantly having long, deep, and meaningfuls. But we've seen it a billion times. Why not have some conversations between some of the other fucking crew? Yeah. Um, why not see other bits of the ship? We've yeah. seen the same two um, sets for living quarters mm-hmm. uh, that were sorry, three actually that we've seen since the start of the show. Um, of course, they've all had a facelift because turns out they had to completely rebuild all parts of the inside of the ship too. Who knew? Yes. Um, We've not really seen much in terms of new technology since they set their own physics with programmable matter. Matter, yeah. Um, there are some changes afoot uh, in relation to that, but to be honest, nothing spectacular. So mm-hmm. I would like to learn a bit more about the times that we are now in, because again, it you know it's an unspoken thing, isn't it? But here's this crew who are massively displaced in time, and sure needs must and all that, but there they are pootling about in the future and all of them seem to know everything about you know what's happened in the last god knows how many years and there's never any conversation about you know wait who are these guys or yeah. wait what happened to this there's never enough time for that, that. <laughs> yeah. exactly that, you know and i'd quite like to know some of that mm-hmm. um there's uh, uh, the zora thing is odd because like it feels like zora would be rather more on people's minds than yes she they i don't know is yes. uh, it, it's there's something gone a bit odd and what i'm really worried about is that it's sort of the same problem with the effects in this particular episode i'm wondering whether things are like the skills are being spread a little bit too thinly and whether perhaps writers are being shunted around or or something and and this is this is just sort of I don't know it's like somebody's allowing it to run on low power and Discovery if it, it frankly it needs a lot of effort putting into it because if it doesn't um, this will be one of the track shows that ends 
prematurely and I, I think that would be a great shame. I actually like a lot of what's going on with Discovery mm-hmm. as a concept. I just think that if the eye is off the ball here in the way that it feels like it is, um, I, 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 I worry for its longevity. Yeah. What did you make of it? Um, I liked it less than the episode before, mm-hmm. um, which I probably gives everybody a good, if you were paying attention before, uh, it gives you a good idea of what I would have ended up uh, rating this episode. Uh, it really does feel like when they were writing the episode all in, like this all feels like one huge episode. And like, we can't do all this in one episode instead of cutting things. Let's just split it into two episodes and uh, we'll give it different titles. uh, And uh, there you go. Um, This just felt like a direct continuation. I don't even feel like I really learned anything from this like nothing of great importance other than you know what we learned was the thing tarka was hoping to find isn't there which you know okay like that's the thing we learned it was all for not uh like that's what we learned he destroyed it uh he did not find the power source and apparently species 10c can just replenish these things uh on a whim which again all that does is put the focus to, for me on them. Like what are we, are we ants to these creatures? Like what can they be like that? This is their, their mining equipment that they can create something this big and this destructive. And they've just, apparently they've got them on, uh, uh, they've got them backlogged. If you destroy one, we'll just, another one will just pop up. Like, who are they? What are they? Like, are they friendly? Are they foe? Uh, these are the things that, you know, what can we learn about them? It, you know, they exist outside of the galactic barrier. They, they live in between, uh, galaxies or whatever. Like mm-hmm. these are all incredibly fascinating ideas to me. And, uh, not fascinating to me is, uh, do they or don't they blow up the thing? Uh, do they or don't they with Burnham and book like, you know, do they get mad or betray each other or, you know, uh, help each other? Like, these are all things that quite frankly, I don't care that much about. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, and I quite like Michael Burnham, uh, but I like mm-hmm. her better when she's not hanging around Booker, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes I and and look, maybe it's the person who who lived through Janeway, but and maybe I've got a thing for my female captains, like not having love interests, Uh, Mm -hmm. like they don't need no man or whatever. Kate Mulgrew was right about that as as an actor. She was talking about the you know the issues with that because Mm -hmm. it becomes an obsession of the writers. It becomes distracting from the. I mean. Yeah, she's she's the goddamn captain of what somehow ironically is in many ways the most advanced ship in the the, the fleet at this point, despite the fact that it's a relic, um, and she has a, a a sort of disparate crew. She's very close to some difficult politics within the sort of renaissance of the Federation. There's a lot going on there that, frankly, you know, doesn't need book to constantly be part of it yep 
<sighs> anyway, it's, it's um, disappointing, isn't it? That's I think that's really the problem. Yes. Um, luckily, I'm hoping they're not too heavily involved in episode ten, given its title. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Ben, don't do this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can can it just be over with? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this is just it's moved into a direction where this is not interesting to me. Like we were, we were at a point where it's like, Oh, I'm like super curious. And it felt like to me, this 10 C thing was going to be the thing. And the book and Tarka thing was going to be a minor thing that gets resolved relatively quickly. And it turns out, no book and Tarka is the thing. And the 10 C thing is like, eh, we get to it when we get to it. Uh, you know, clearly, like I said, they're trying to, I think, uh, set this up for some sort of either big reveal, either it's something that is familiar to Trek fans or something that's old that is new again, or it's something completely new, but just mind-blowing or interesting or something. But isn't that, isn't that interesting, though, is yeah. the fact that Star Trek fans watching something that's obviously, you know, doing a setup to that, clearly. Yeah. In most other most of the um, sort of franchises of Star Trek all we'd have been discussing during this episode and all of the, you know, the online bloggers and stuff would have been discussing would have been all of those questions, you know, who are they? Do we know who they are? What are the clues? What links them to other stuff? And the fact is, I, I, I'm just looking at it going, I don't know, because we don't really know fuck all about them and no one's really discussing it on the show. And, yeah, so I'm very grumbly about this. I think I'm, I'm, yeah. you being disappointed in it has just reminded me of how disappointed <laughs> I was in these two episodes, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's the last thing I wanted to be, but yeah. look, um, you know, uh, would, I wouldn't be honest. It wouldn't be an honest thing to do to the listeners if I didn't actually say, like, what I thought. And I mm. want to be able to love everything, but... I feel like I'm a relatively objective Star Trek fan in the sense that I realize that there is plenty of not good Star Trek. Um, you know, there's. I feel like the good outweighs the bad for the most part. Oh, for sure. But there is definitely not good Trek. And <laughs> this is not like awful Trek. Like, this isn't Spock's brain or something. Um, but, uh, you know, this is for discovery like very bland like mm. like i get i get all this stuff guys can we there's something to me it feels like there's just there's something so and i realize they're holding holding it off on purpose and that's fine you don't have to give me everything right away i know what you're doing but in the meantime can you give me something if you're not going to give me like the main course can you give me something that's at least also tasty in the mm. in the in between, because otherwise I'm going to get up and leave before the main course. I don't know if I can mm. wait uh, that long. It's a lot to sit through. You're asking me. Uh, you're asking of me here. So uh, mm. yeah, um, I gave this a two and a half. Ben, mm-hmm. what about you? Uh, same two and a half. Um, yeah. In fact, I very nearly dropped further and gave it two and a quarter, Oof. but I thought I was being mean. Yeah, I mean, eh, I. I want to love you, Star Trek Discovery. 
Uh, but you make it so hard. Yeah, this has been uh, this is as close as they've come to having a season. I, I mean, look, I, maybe a, a listener somewhere will prove prove me wrong because this show's been on for uh, for four years, and I don't remember everything. And maybe they'll be like, you know what, you guys really loved almost every episode of this season mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, I feel like there's yet to be a season where I loved the majority of the episodes. And mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, I haven't loved everything in the first seven episodes. Um, but I feel like I loved a majority of them or really liked the majority of them. So I think yeah. this season it, might go it, down it, as the their point, best. Yeah. I feel like this season mm-hmm. might go down as their best, but it's going to be hard to remember it that way. If the tail end of the season was a bunch of episodes I um, didn't like. Yeah. Well, that's the point. I mean, again, I don't want to piss on your cornflakes, but yeah, yeah. In reality, and you've got four episodes to watch, I've got three. Yeah. Let me just say to you, they've got three episodes to fix this. Um, and okay. I, I, I have to say, mm. where we are in the plot, where we begin that three episodes, yeah. with no spoilers, like they've got little other option now than to fucking fix it. So Yes, good. Like, At least three good. episodes. Well, if think about... Um, uh, what's it called now? The Seth MacFarlane one, The Orville. The Orville, um, yes. The last season of that, which was immense, wasn't immense all the way through. Um, it, in the last two episodes, where well, it was, might have been three episodes, where they, they dealt with the war, um, that suddenly changed the whole nature of The Orville. And it went from being not quite family guy in space, that's unfair, it was a good season other than that, but it went from being, you know, a sort of off-brand version of next gen i suppose to yeah, being yeah. a fucking spectacular bit of sci-fi yep and you know so it is possible to to do that in a sh- really short space of episodes but yes they need to leave this season with people not just going oh, okay i'll stick with it but fucking gagging for more because yeah. they're about to be followed up by two things that have got a, a feature that that discovery doesn't they've got nostalgia Yep. Um, whether it's your, you know your Picard fans and Voyager fans for um, for Picard, or, or whether it's you know those who enjoy things they remember and therefore looking at Pike and and so on, Spock um, and Uhura absolutely. and Enterprise, yes, absolutely. So if those become the the big deal, if they become the big story again, it, it all points in the direction of Discovery. I'm not saying they're going to suddenly axe it for no good reason, but I, I, it may not have the lifespan it ought to if mm-hmm. this season doesn't end really, really well. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've got to break the Enterprise curse, right? They lasted only four seasons, so mm-hmm. I don't know what the plan is long term for this show. But yeah, I mean, if they make it to a fifth season, at least they've they've mm-hmm. outshone Enterprise. So true. Which at least is some, it's something. Uh, it's something to be said. Uh, so. Uh, yes, we realize that yes, episode 10 is out as we record this, but we are a little bit behind and I did not want to do three episodes in a row. So we're going to do two next week as well. And then we'll be, uh, back hopefully the week after that to be able to talk, uh, to be able to talk the, uh, the finale for the season four of discovery. But in the meantime, everyone, uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, this is a listener-supported 
podcast. Uh, and there are a couple of different ways to do that if you so choose. The Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. The merch store, geeklymerch.com. Links for both are in the show notes for this episode. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Audible, any place good podcasts are found. Just search for I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast. Hit subscribe. And that way you can join us next week to hear us talk about Season 4, Episodes 10 and 11 of Star Trek Discovery. Discovery.